So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode nine of The Other Way. In this episode, Sadna prepares a meal with Jenny. Steven is frustrated that Alina remembers what he promised. Kenny has something he wants to let Armada know about. Benny angers Ari by ignoring his phone, and it's Corey and Evelyn's turn to see the couple's counselor. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm, you know, busy, not as backed up as you are. I know that. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, <laughs> oh man, it's just I, I, almost almost through the first tough part of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I just have, uh, I think grading is what I feel like I'm buried in right now. Oh, so. for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's what happens when you take a weekend away. That's right. And it all starts to back up. So, yeah, if you uh, listen to our Love After Lockup, we apologize. We will be another day late on that one. Yep, yep. But speaking of, you know, spending time away, let's start with Kenny and Armando. So, Kenny is calling his girls while Hannah and Armando go to the park. Kenny calls them all on Zoom and he learns that Madison got a job and he talks about how much he misses his grandson, Cooper, that he was helping to raise and now he also tells us that he found out a couple weeks ago that Cassidy is pregnant. And now he's kind of really feeling kind of bummed and regretting that all these family milestones keep happening even though he's gone. And he's really started to get very homesick. And he's also kind of afraid to tell that to Armando. So Cassidy kind of hints and asks if there's any possibility that they would eventually move to the States. But it seems like Armando is very committed to living in Mexico, especially because of Hannah. So... Later on, the washing machine at their place isn't working, so they have to go to the laundromat downtown to get some laundry done. So this is the time that Kenny thinks it's a good idea to talk about his homesickness, which he says, you know, sometimes is pretty low, but can spike and go all the way to 11. Mm -hmm. So Kenny wants to keep all the communication open and struggles to let Armando know that he's feeling homesick. Armando tells us that it was his decision to live in Mexico that he made so that Hannah could stay near his parents and also her mom's parents. So Armando is understanding and wants to check in and make sure that Kenny doesn't want to go back or cancel the wedding or anything like that. After a dramatic hesitation, Kenny says that that's not what he's talking about and that's not on the table. But he's struggling with some pretty strong emotions and guilt around not being able to be there for his children and grandchildren. So Armando starts to cry and says that he hopes Kenny's family doesn't resent him for all after that. But Kenny tells him that this is a move, you know, more about staying honest and keeping lines of communication open than anything else. And Armando is like, you know, a little concerned that he didn't realize Kenny missed home this quite this much. So, um, I don't know. Do you think there's anything? I thought it was kind of weird that it didn't come up. Like, is there any sort of compromise that can be struck here that might, you know, be able to put Kenny a little more at ease with what's going on? Yeah, I feel that, you know, especially if Kenny doesn't really have a job that requires him to be in a specific um, place, because it kind of sounds like he's still working, but it might even be remote right. or something. But where they could just, 
you know, spend their summers in Florida. I know that might not be like the destination that you think of for summer, but, you know, like uh, if Hannah wanted to join them, like, you know, during her summer break um, from school or even leaving her with the family, because even though I know they stayed in Mexico for the family, she isn't exactly real close to like the compound like she used to be in and next to her cousins and that I know she's really close to. So even spending the summer with like, you know, her extended family or coming to the U.S., it might be good for her in bonding with Kenny to learn some English just so that way. Well, yeah, we we all know she's going to learn English way before he learns exactly. any Spanish. Yep. I was going to say, like, let's be real here. If they're going to communicate, it's because Hannah's learning English, not because Kenny's learning Spanish. But I think, you know, having a good solid two months, like a 60 days, you know, I don't know how long I think visitor visas might be 60 or 90 days. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But having a good chunk of time, I think, with this family would be a good compromise. Right. And it's also – it's certainly something that they're kind of thinking a little short term on, right? Because mm-hmm. after they're married, then theoretically, they can probably get work on starting to get a green card for both Armando and Hannah, right? Yeah. Yeah. A- assuming he goes through some sort of legal adoption process or something. But it seems like something that could come up and then they wouldn't have to be tethered by the 60 days. So, you know – it's tough because, you know, things are happening and like, you know, Cassidy's pregnant and that's not going to last for three years. But, right. you know, three or four years from now, things look very different, right? Yeah. And then, you know, 10 years from now, Hannah's grown, right? And then right. things look very different. Yeah, because Armando might not feel as tied to being in Mexico. I'm sure he still wants to be around her. I mean, it's not just 18, bye, see you, never. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he might be more open to living part-time in the U.S., living part-time in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, I mean, and I appreciate, you know, we always appreciate them as our palate cleansers and what have you. But yeah, it's it, it it's one of those things where they have this communication and and. To be fair, it is kind of both of them hearing this or saying this for the first time um, mm. because usually they do kind of don't just dwell on, well, this is the problem. And they all they kind of start coming up with solutions. And that's something that was I feel like was missing this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, we're in a very different world, right? So the idea of being able to work remotely is something that wasn't around a couple of years ago. Sure. And – I know that, uh, you know, Kenny, when he moved here, I think it was pre-pandemic, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, so pre-pandemic. So, I mean, like, even his job was a little bit more flexible where he could work remotely or – I can't remember. I know we were talking about, you know, him possibly having to – them wanting to live close to the border because he might still have to do, like, kind of visa runs and come back to U.S. But I, I can't remember if we said if he had to come back for work as well. Right, right, right. But I mean, the other thing yeah. too is it's hard. It's actually kind of hard to pinpoint. I mean, it sounds like the wet he was talking and the way he was saying it and like all this stuff happening was a lot like, I don't know, how much do you, how much of it do you chalk up to I moved to Mexico and how much do you chalk it up to the pandemic? Right. Because yeah. there's things that happened to everybody. It happened to a lot of people. I didn't see my grandkids for months at a time, you know, and I didn't mm-hmm. talk to them or we didn't get together as a family for a year and a half, you know, and th- those kind of things happened to everybody across the board. So I wonder, I'm also curious about if he didn't come there and he stayed and it was the pandemic, would that have been significantly better for him or would he have most, a lot of the same feelings he has now? 
Yeah, I don't know. Kenny just seems like a very loving person that is a little sentimental and emotional. So I, I don't sure. know. I, I can't see any situation where he wouldn't be missing his family unless he was right. seeing them pretty frequently. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, speaking of seeing people long distance, uh, let's talk Ari and Binyam. So Ari and Binyam are fighting because Binyam thought Ari was suspicious about where he was and what he was doing. And Ari was questioning what he's done for her lately. Binyam says that he's never done anything good for her, so she should just go find an American man and leave him. He then turned off his phone, which he promised Ari he wouldn't do. We get a sneak at Ari's messages, which shows she deleted messages that she didn't want us to see. Three hours later, Binyam picks up his phone and gives some poor excuse of why he wasn't reachable, which included him being in some basement. I in was the in back. the basement. Yeah, but more importantly, putting his phone in airplane mode. Yeah, that's going to do it. <laughs> he asks when she's coming back, and Ari says she doesn't see why she should hurry back if he's having so much fun without her. Ari says that her and Avi should be a priority rather than Binyam's friends. Binyam says that he feels like she's just trying to be the boss. Ari points out that she has less control now that there is distance between them, so how in the world can she be the boss? Binyam tries to defuse the argument by just saying, I love you. I love you. Love you. Uh, Ari asks him once more not to turn off his phone, and he promises. But the damage is kind of already done because Ari thinks that he might be hiding something. Binyam is later hanging out with his friends and tells us that he was celebrating Ethiopian New Year with his friends, and Ari got jealous and mad. His friends think that Ari is difficult, and she seems to need a constant explanations and reassurance, which Binyam can't seem to provide very well. Binyam is scared because he doesn't think things are good right now, and he's worried that Ari won't return. Okay, so do you think that the relationship has really changed all that much since she's left? Because it kind of seemed like they ended on mostly a high note, but it has degraded very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's, it certainly seems like it, it, it deteriorates very quickly when she doesn't, um, can't keep tabs on him, right? Yeah. And and as soon as it was like, oh, I, I couldn't get your phone. You couldn't get your phone. Where you got? Where you got? Where you got? Where's your, where's your phone? How do I know what number you are? How do I know where you are? You, you must be with some other woman. That must be what it is, right? And it goes very quickly to that because we already sort of like as soon as she got off the plane, she was like, oh, he didn't. It. I just. God, already. You know. And like, she had. And I'm not saying she's wrong. It is frustrating when you know someone mm. is with their phone and you know they're just not answering it. Yes. Like. like I'm not saying that's not frustrating and it, right. it isn't hurtful that you're like that. But like I felt like that first explanation when they like talked to her, what's going on? And she it sounded like, oh my God, are you are you a 14-year-old girl? What was that? Yeah. Well, you know, he had a – and then he told me that he put it on this other mode and this other mode doesn't do this. And then he was with the friends and then his friend put a thing on Instagram and said blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, listen to your – just listen to yourself, lady. It, it yeah. just sounds – it sounds crazy. Well, also something that was really super suspicious is we get a quick peek at her phone, right? Because she was trying to say how she had messaged him saying like, oh, I guess another broken promise. And there were like right. five messages that she, it said deleted by user. 
So she had deleted her part of the conversation before she showed us and production, like the text messages of. And so it's kind of like, well, what else are you saying to him? Because I can definitely see her being one of those kind of like anxious people that because she's feeling this anxiety, she's all up in his business and to the point where it's just like suffocating and maybe even borderline verbally abusive. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could totally see it. I mean, I I understand. I'm not saying – I did say it's hurtful when somebody doesn't answer the phone. But if you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you've been saying the same thing to me, the same five seconds of audio I've been hearing for the past (laughs) half hour and you want to yell – and you just want to yell that same thing at me for another 45 minutes. I don't need that. So I'm just going to not answer my phone and let you at least – at least come up with something new to say. Yeah. Because – yeah, and that same thing that well, I'm not answering text messages because I can't because every time you send one, by the time I've typed my response, you've sent three more, right? So what, what what's the point of responding to your text message? Because now I have to respond to all three at the same time. So I I definitely could see her as a blowing up the phone type person. Not yeah. to say he's not a withdrawing from a conversation too early person because I could see him doing that too. Right. Well, and here's the thing that I don't understand. And this is kind of like going along with, you know, people that avoid, you know, something that is inevitable. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just drop off the face of the planet and then never show your face again. So I don't really understand. You know that that is going to make her even more mad. And so it's like, you're going to avoid to what end? Now you've made it worse for yourself. Because now when you do – and I think it's funny, too, because I feel like I've dated my fair share of men who have done the same thing. And, like, in their mind, their logic is, well, if I just, like, wait it out, they'll calm down. It's like, guess what? I'm not yes. calming down. You have now ramped me up. I am now at a 10. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, because I think there's also guys who – I don't know that they'd share this logic with you of, God, she's pissing me off. You know what? I'm going to piss her off too. She's going to be pissed if I don't answer this phone. So fuck her. I'm not going to answer it. Like I definitely think that comes up too. Um, oh, with Especially when it's him. It's like, oh my God, are you my mom? Why are you doing this? What? No, I'm, no, no. I, and he gets mad because he doesn't – he doesn't really show his anger the way she kind of does it, kind of expects, the way okay. she kind of – explicitly shows her anger when he gets angry he withdraws he dismisses he says fine whatever okay fine just what just fine fine and she and 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 you know she kind of sees that as being ignored or being pushed aside when that's him being angry at her right and then it gets worse because his english isn't that good and i really think a lot of these problems stem from his english or yeah, some kind of English problem because you're right. When she has issues and she he wants to explain himself, he doesn't do very well and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I don't know if it's because like she just jumps to he's lying versus he just doesn't know what he's saying, you know, because yeah. we see that all the time. He's like, we just have to go place there, you know, you know, place we go. Right. He does that all the time. But also, I think he knew exactly what he was saying when he told her to go find an American man. And it's like, why would you say that? Oh, that's definitely one of those. I know you're going to anyway, so you might as well just do it now. Like, 
the kind of projecting thing because he I mean I think you're I think you're not wrong either is that he kind of already knows he already knows he thinks he knows where this train is going mm-hmm. and so he thinks maybe if I don't interact with that train it can't tell me that it's there yet I'll just not get the news which is <laughs> like you said the end game of that you know it's going to happen anyway but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Him saying something like that makes me feel like he genuinely thinks that that is going to happen, you know? And I actually, the way they had left things, I was like, no, there's no way. Arya's going to go back. There's not, you know, no shadow of a doubt here. And then after this, it was like, I don't know if she's going back. She does not seem like she's into this at all. No, and I feel like him... It was. I think he almost did the the club thing. I think they're both kind of playing at the same game, the same weird test. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he went out with his friends and I think it was like, well, in order to gauge if she's really going to come back, let me go out with my friends. And if she starts acting like jealous and things, then I, I know where this is going and I know how this yeah. is going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what she did. And then she was kind of like, well, let me see if he goes back to being the old him who wasn't really paying enough attention to me and is going out with his friends all the time. And that's exactly what he did, right? And mm-hmm. so they kind of just played into each other's, like, worst version of the narrative. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems that this couple, I don't know. It made me wonder how good of a couple they really were if it fell apart so fast just with a little distance. Right, yeah. I mean, it's – at the end of the day, she – doesn't seem to trust him and she didn't trust him really when they were at home. Yeah. I mean, what got, what made the relationship better? That him being having a job and being stuck there all the time. Like she's yeah. just a person that needs to have that constant and I mean constant reassurance that everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. He's right here. Everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it kind of to me highlights their distance. Uh, it highlights the trust issues and communication issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like oh, that's yeah. why it's really falling apart. So, yeah, right. hopefully they keep it together for Avi. More relationships falling apart, or at least I hope they're falling apart, but I don't think they are. And that's Steven <laughs> and Alina. I know. I wish they were falling apart. We start with Steven brushing his teeth, which I feel like we've seen him specifically brush his teeth more than we've seen anybody brush their teeth. It's in <laughs> literally every episode he's brushing his teeth. Yeah, but anyway. I know what that's about. Alina tells us that she has decided to give him another chance and they'll wipe the slate clean because, Mm. you know, everybody makes mistakes. But anyway, it's time for mom to go home. So Stephen talks like this on the way to the airport or he gets to go to the airport. He talks appreciative talk basically, you know, like, oh, I'm so glad that you came and I'm so glad I get a chance. I just want to prove the love. And uh, also while he's doing this, he's like super awkward about bringing snacks along and then eating them in the car like obnoxiously yeah also trying to give them to the cabbie it was just weird and and alina's mom anna pretty much is like uh he's acting like a child and which is exactly why alina should not be here anymore but he wants to apologize and show that show everyone that he's deserving but anna says the time for words are over and now is the time for action So she leaves and now they both kind of leave the airport in the I'm not sure we're even going to get married mode. So to relieve the whole stress of the situation, they go to the hammam or the Turkish bathhouse. So there they sit and 
whatever, the sauna or whatever, whispering because the echo reminds Stephen of the Batcave. And then he tries again to charm her by being really weird with the bucket of water that you're supposed to like splash yourself with and complaining how hot it is. It's – anyway, but just like her mom, Alina – is, you know, in this situation, she wants actions, not words anymore. So, like one action, did you delete your social media account like you said you would do a few days ago? And the answer is no, because he thought just saying it would be enough. Oh my god, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. <laughs> he literally just said, I thought that saying it would be enough. Oh my god. Idiot. Oh my gosh. So, and... But it's – especially says he says he doesn't actually have – I guess he doesn't have a phone plan and that's how he stays in contact with people. So he brings up the wedding like, do you, might you still want to get married? And to the producers, she just like – they ask her the same question and she like just freezes and doesn't even know what she would say if he proposed today. So anyway, later on, they're climbing down some of these tricky, slippery stairs and Alita's uh, – I guess it's a day or so later and Alina's still like so – What's up with the social media that you still haven't deleted? And on, and on top of that, she, you know, has tells us that he sent another message to, Mas, to this Masha catfish. And in this one, he mentioned a bathing suit. So scandalous. Well, um, and visiting. Wild, wild flirting. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we're in Turkey now, so pack a bathing suit. Oh wink, wink. Gosh. She's like, wild, inappropriate flirting. So anyway, they sit and talk about how things are going. And she's like, you're not keeping your promises. And he was like, ah, that was like a couple days ago. How do you expect me to act that quickly? And so she asks him if he's been texting girls, especially one named Masha. And he just kind of is like, uh. And she explains the whole thirst trap catfish scenario. And he's really confused about why she set him up and – she, he was also like, I sent her like two messages. That's not really a thing. Um, but she basically is like, I know what you were doing and calls him a liar again. And he gets a kind of a little mad about the setup, but struggles with an excuse about why he was messaging her at all. So she wants him to delete his social media like right now. And he's all like, but I have to download the pictures and the, the Wi-Fi is bad. So like maybe we'll just get back to the hotel room and do it then. And so then she says, okay, let's go back now and do it right now. And he seems very confused about what's going on with the situation. So why on the earth would he think that just saying it was all he needed to do? I don't know. What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like, seriously, what in, on what planet is like, oh, yes, I'm going to say one thing and do something else that's considered enough? Like, that's called lying. That's literally called lying. When you say you're going to do one thing and then do something intentionally, have no intention of doing it and do something different. That's that's yeah. what we call lying. Yes. Yes. I don't understand like what he thought was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Just the intention was there. So because the intention is there, I am free yes. and clear. It's not it's even like, the real intention. It it's the I, – I motioned toward an intention. Right. And so that should be good enough, which is pretty much the same thing he does all the time. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to do all these things. And it's like – and that one is is triggering for me on the teacher end because I am very, very tired about hearing what people are going to do. Like, oh, I I'm know. Like, just do it. 
Don't tell me what you're going to do. I Just know. do it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had a parent one time that emailed me because her son was up for like some athletic scholarship and he needed to maintain a certain grade in my class. And so she and one of the biggest problems was this kid never did homework. You know, and so it's like, that's like a letter grade right there. If you don't do homework, it's a letter grade. So she would tell me, she's like, he will do his homework. He's going to do it. He, she would send me emails all the time. He's going to do his homework. Guess what? He's not doing his homework. It doesn't change anything. I don't need to hear about how he's going to do his homework. I just need to see homework. Definitely don't need emails clogging my email box about how you're going to do your homework. That's what, that's, isn't Steven's entire MO is just spamming her inbox with promises about how he's going to do his homework. Right. And then never actually turning in any homework. I know. Oh, he is the worst. This is what I don't understand, too, is like, I feel that he has definitely portrayed that he's desperate, or at least it was when Anna was there, right? He is desperate to make this work out because he said, I'm ready to be serious. But I think if you were to like push, come to shove, ask him, okay, you're really, you're ready to be serious? Marry this girl right now. He'd be like, uh, I don't know. Even if it was married, if it was just like proposed to her right now. Like, yeah, do it because he couldn't even they, if it was it was delete your Facebook right now. And he was like, but I have to download the picture. Don't even like, get me started on that. That drives <laughs> me absolutely insane. It's like when people use kind of like social media as a way to store things in their life. Like you should have that picture downloaded somewhere else. It didn't go straight to Facebook, did it? Like it probably right. was a picture you took on your phone or other camera and you uploaded it to Facebook. That is not the storer of all your memories. Like if it is, I'm kind of sad. Like that's I don't know. I'm just kind of sad for you. Like your all your life memories are on like are stored on Facebook. Now it's one thing to post it on Facebook or sure, other sure, social sure, media, sure. but that's your only copy. That's concerning. That's your uh, yeah. I have my whole like I have my whole Amazon photos. I have my Google photos. I have photos saved on my hard drives. Like there are photos right. all over the place. It's not like anything. Yeah, you're right. Anything that is on Facebook or all in social media got there from a device. <laughs> that I still have it stored on. Like, yeah, and if you don't, like, there. most people have the cloud now. How is that picture not stored in the cloud? Because the other thing that makes no sense to me is once you upload pictures to Facebook, they're not maintaining their original size. And so it's oh, kind no, of no, like, they're, they're, oh, they're, so yeah. the only copy of this picture you have is some, like, you know, compressed version of the original file? Like, that seems terrible. Yeah, it It does. It does. And like, cause I guess there are photos, there are ways to store photos and put them up there, but it's like, it's, it's, it, I mean, but the thing was, is him storing the photos, I don't believe that's why he didn't want to do it. He oh, just, no. um, he was just, pu- cause he changed his, changed his reasons. At first yeah. it was, oh, it's my only way to contact my family because I don't really have a cell phone plan. Okay, dude, everybody's using WhatsApp. There's nothing saying you can't use WhatsApp. Well, and I think I, I, like – I wonder if she would have considered WhatsApp social media. Because mm, like, I mean like WhatsApp, can you real? I mean I don't use WhatsApp very often. Um, well, you but, can't – you don't have that thing where like Masha couldn't have just like mess- like liked his pictures out of the blue on WhatsApp. Can so. you peruse random people's like WhatsApp profiles? I wouldn't think so, right? So that's definitely something that's more open to – and what about email? Like come on. Like, go old school, like, e- good old-fashioned yes. email. What's wrong with that? 
Yes, we're showing our age here being like, there's so many things that, uh, yeah, showing it because it was, because there were so many things that they did. Well, you have to use this now. And I was like, like an exa- a good example, like Slack. And I was like, because we've used it for a few things. And I was like, you know what? This is like a less, a more obtrusive email. And I did not yeah. like my email to be more intrusive before. Like certain right. things, email was perfectly good for it. And they're like, we need to break that up. We can't use email anymore. Oh, yeah. Why not? And then even still, like, I think it's pretty safe to say most people have some kind of Google account, right? So, I mean, sure, if you're not using email, Google has other things like Google Hangouts. uh, What is it? Google Voice. Like, why don't you contact your family through that? That's all through Wi-Fi. That's not cell phone specific. I just think his excuses just are very thin. And that's why they keep changing. One second, it's because he doesn't have a cell phone plan. The other, it's because he's trying to save his life, his life uh, evidence that he's been on Earth, like, you know, on his phone. It's It's like, get out of here. All of them are bullshit excuses. And it's just a matter of, okay, how can I not have to deal with this immediately right now? And we can move on to not talking about this. So I can just keep doing what I'm doing and not delete it and go as long as I can without deleting it until – she eventually just gives up and I get to keep my social media account. But I made the promise that I would delete it. So I showed that I was serious. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't see him being serious. But speaking no, of which, he's not. here's what I don't understand in their whole situation. Like, sure. no visa has been had. You know, no one's engaged. I don't understand why Alina doesn't get the F out of there and just like continue this long distance relationship, you know, and see how it goes. But, I mean, I guess I do see why she doesn't do that. It's because she's, like, already thinking, like, I can barely trust this guy and he's, like, living with me and I'm literally the only person he sees. Like, you know, if I'm out of the picture, like, uh, because I went back to Russia and he went back to America, who knows what he's going to do? But I think that should also tell you something, right? Right, right. And it's like, I don't think the Masha thing necessarily means as much as she thinks it does. But it's still uh, not great. I think it's right? incriminating. I mean, like my take on it was flirty. Yes. Was it with actual intention of cheating? Mm, you can't you can't say. And I'm not going to say no and I'm not going to say yes, but I'm just saying needs more evidence. Right. So right. if he was like. Because the way he, you know, was messaging her and it did escalate quickly, like meet me in Turkey, bring a bathing suit, you know, like to me, that's kind of like, all right. And there are some people who are just like, OK, I'll, I'll show up, you know, and there's some people that are just definitely more um, or less risk averse. And they're kind of like, it's an adventure. Sure, I'll meet some rando in Turkey, you know. And so if she had done that. Can I see Steven trying to make up some way to meet up with her? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. and so I like because he's kind of weirdly impulsive like that. We've seen him do bizarre ass things. Right. Well, jumping I feel in front like he, of cars, jumping in pools, you know, pouring all the water in his face at the bath. Like, it, yeah. but I feel like he does. Like, it's it's very. <sighs> It's not accidental. Like he's doing that mm-hmm. on purpose. He he wants to paint himself as a goofy, you know, uninhibited, just a spur of the moment guy, so that he can do things like, "There's this girl. We're going to meet her. Let's go. It's gonna be fun." Like boom, out of nowhere, and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as out of character, right? Because yeah, I mean, he's definitely a person who, in his repertoire, has the ha ha, just kidding. Unless you're into it. 
Yeah. And then I'm not kidding anymore. <laughs> well, and right? that was the other thing is he definitely made it sound like when he was talking, you know, this out with Alina, he made it sound like, oh, I invited her to visit us. And it's like, did you? Because I yeah. don't think that's what Masha said. And like, you know, I, I don't know if they really if she read verbatim what Stephen had said to her. But Stephen mm-hmm. tried to make it sound like, a, oh, yeah, it's just some random girl. And like, I just wanted to be friendly. I was telling her to come visit us like us as a couple and like trying to cover it that way. But Stephen is an effing liar. And I don't believe a word he says to everything. And he even says like, oh, you know, I've been like trying to be honest and, you know, uh, all this other stuff. I've been trying to I've. I've tried a bunch of times to be upfront and honest, and I feel like I've just been stonewalled. And it's like, uh, yeah, because you haven't been upfront and honest. Upfront and honest is you telling her this shit before she came to Turkey. Right. Well, and the fact that it's like uh, the way he did, did it too, and she was like, he was like, have you talked to this Masha person? He was like, uh, and like. Enough time has passed where she was just like, no. Well, it seemed to me he was like, Crap. Let me run How through all the names. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Masha one of them? Yeah, I would probably also be thinking like, oh, how does she know Masha? Uh-oh, am I in trouble? And then at that point, and I know people think this way too, is like, I better just shut up. I'm not going to incriminate myself or something that she doesn't know anything about, you know? Yes. Guilty yes. until accused. I that mean, a, yeah. innocent until accused. Right. Well, I mean, hey, listen, she, she's got me on something, right? I might as well not guess what that is and so i might give because i might give something else up like she can tell me what shit is she knows because yeah but i mean it just doesn't he just he just talks to all the girls like that's just the way he is and it's just and he doesn't he is lying to himself probably about how innocent that is um yeah but he's not gonna let a girl talking to him go wait go to waste and he's gonna talk back and he's gonna be like hey what's going on and he's gonna flirt a little bit because it's like it's his numbers game thing, and he didn't. He, I don't think he would frame it like that. But it's he's playing a numbers game. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's ridiculous too that he says to Alina like, "I'm offended that you thought I would, you know, do this." It's like, uh, like why you are you did. offended? Because what she thought happened happened. <laughs> so, can you be offended if it's true? Yeah, I mean, I feel like somebody who is a little quicker on the uptake than him could have turned around the you catfished me. To try to catch me doing something like that, the, even you entrapped then, I me. I feel like I feel like I don't a swift, know. I'm not saying I'm that swift person, but I'm you saying you don't have a leg to stand on though, because it's like you catfished me. It's like how can you even be mad because it worked? I think a a, a better a better way to get out of that and been like, oh, I knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I knew I what knew was, it was going you. on. Like I, you know, just I went along with it because you know if you're gonna accuse me, you know. I was just gonna, you, you know, you mess. Deserve. I was yeah. gonna mess with the situation just so, you mm-hmm. know, you knew that I knew. It's like, yeah. mm, I feel like that's again, again someone who is quicker on your that's feet, quicker on your feet. Play because <laughs> he's got a lot. He he does a lot, but he's not he's not particularly quick on his feet when it comes to this, his lying bullshit. But we still hate him. He's still terrible. Um, yeah. He's not helping himself this week either. No, definitely not. But speaking of lying, let's talk yeah. about Corey, Corey and Evelyn. 
So after living with <sighs> Raul for a week, Corey now has a new apartment, conveniently close to Evelyn. He's been trying not to reach out, but he has uh, invited her over for garlic burgers. He's ready for Evelyn with flowers, and he tries to kiss her, and she kind of reluctantly allows it to happen without actually kissing him back. Uh, no, she cheeked him. She just- cheeked him. Yeah, she's like, here, turn the cheek. Uh, He's nervously just chattering as she doesn't really say much. Evelyn says she appreciates the time and space that Corey's given her because it has made her kind of miss him. But she still gets upset when she thinks about what he did. Corey admits that he's been lonely over dinner and Evelyn just kind of weirdly smiles. She asks why he has another bed and then snarkily asks if he's inviting other girls over. Corey then starts to apologize and tells her, tells her that, you know, she can trust him. And Evelyn says she's calm now, but she just doesn't have any trust of, in him because of all the lies. She thinks his actions speak louder than his incessant and nonstop words. <sighs> Evelyn says she may be able to forgive him if, you know, they see a therapist and do the work. She thinks he needs to get help for his lying. Evelyn says she'll schedule it, but of course he'll be footing the bill. Later, Corey and Evelyn meet up with Maria, a couples therapist. Evelyn tells Maria that she actually wants a divorce and explains she just wants to cut ties. Maria says that this is a process. It's more like a class where if they can make it through it, then uh, they will if they put in the work. Maria tells Evelyn she needs to let go uh, over her anger in order to move on. Evelyn says that the reason why she's so angry is because Corey lied to get her back. And she's upset because she was in a car accident after she was hit by a drunk driver. And now she's learned that Corey was with Jenny at the time and he didn't go to be by her side, even though he was the only person she had reached out to. And she knows that he didn't respond because he was with Jenny. Corey tries to explain away and lie again about, you know, why he stayed with Jenny instead of immediately going to Evelyn's side. But Evelyn cuts him off and says she saw the Instagram stories with Jenny. And when she asked him about it, he straight up lied to her at the time. Maria tells Corey just to come clean and tell Evelyn the absolute truth about the incident. Corey admits that he had just met Jenny when the accident happened and he apologizes for not being there. Evelyn thinks that maybe she won't keep replaying these situations over and over again and thinking about it now that Maria got him to tell the truth. All right. So why do you think that Corey keeps impulsively lying to Evelyn when she has made it incredibly clear that no matter what the truth is, she wants to know it? Because he's dumb. Like, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I, I just. He, I mean, no, I mean, it, he's dumb, but more, more obviously he's, he's cowardly about it and he's yes, scared. very cowardly. Right? Yeah, he's it, scared. It, it, but how could it be any worse than it is now? That's what I don't understand. Like, she has made it very clear. Just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. And he won't tell her the truth. She suspects that he's still lying. And so she can't forgive him. And it's just like, dude, what else do you have to lose? She's clearly not forgiving you with the strategy you have put forth now. So just freaking telling her, tell her the truth. And you could tell it was almost like you could see the change in her disposition once he told her the truth. Kind of like, Mm -hmm. I knew it. I don't know why you didn't just tell me. And almost like a sense of relief. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's definitely – it is, but like he also wasn't wrong um, because 
you know, things were not great before, but as soon mm-hmm. as he told her the real truth, she kicked him out. Like, you know, yeah. like, you know, but when he told the whole truth about everything and it's like, so he wasn't wrong in that, like, once she finds out the truth, it's going to get worse for me. And once it's kind of also one of those things like, you know, that awkward situation where you forget somebody's name, but then you've been around too long to ask them what their name is again. Yeah. Because like, so you just you have to like, keep it up. You just have to keep it up. And that's yeah. what it was. Because I mean, the right time to tell her was right away. Right. And then yeah. after right away, when's the right time to tell her? And it's always, it should have been yesterday. Right. And every day is like, well, it would have been better yesterday. So I might as well just keep on going, keep it up. But he's also just not a very emotionally intelligent person. Right. <laughs> Definitely isn't. Um, as as evidenced by that awkward ass dinner they had together. Yeah. Holy crap! It was very awkward. It was so yeah. awkward. It was just like this is like a really cringy first date. And if I saw a video of a first date that was like that, it's automatic. Like there was no second date. Like that did not go anywhere. <laughs> He was so, like, nervously talking about who knows what, breaking dishes, like, yes, I don't go, know. Oh, sorry, Crazy. you wait right here and I'll go get our hamburgers. Oh, here's my ketchup that I like. You know I like my ketchup. And it's like, what are, what are you talking yeah, about, small man? small talk was just stupid, yeah. And, and it, just, it just seemed like he was trying to make – and to be fair, I've been in that situation where you're trying to find a new – Kind of person like I get divorced and like the, the parameters of a relationship change very mm-hmm. quickly and very dramatically. And it is hard to kind of find where you stand because you can't talk to them. You can't talk to them like you're still together, mm-hmm. right? You can't talk to them like you're sitting together right now. But he went like to the other extreme and talked to her like she was a first date, which was weird. Oh, God. How is he even getting girlfriends if that's his first date? Like – well, his persona. Notice, he gets girlfriends that don't speak English. So maybe oh, that's okay. part of it. Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, here's what I don't understand. Like, Corey will say, you know, Evelyn is the love of my life. I love her. And I kind of have to side with Evelyn on this one. Like, how can you say that to someone and then not be there when they say they really need you? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. someone you literally met, apparently, like, the day that this happened. Right. Especially somebody you're like, I was so broken up about how much, you know, we, we were apart and you told me to leave. And I was so dev- mm-hmm. devastated by that that I just kind of hopped into something and, you know, that was a mistake. And then she's like, but then, yeah, if that was true, then it would feel like the first opportunity you had to be like, I yeah. need you. I need you back. Right. You would jump at it, right? You would go right back. Yeah. And, like, he didn't. And so – you're right. So it all comes off sounding very empty. Like you don't mean anything that you're saying. It's not genuine at all. And I don't know. I just – it makes me dislike Corey a lot. And who would have thought in a million years when we started covering Corey and Evelyn that I would ever, you know, empathize yeah. and be team Evelyn. But it's like after all this and it's just like I feel it's just getting worse and worse and worse for Corey, right? It was bad mm-hmm. enough that he had Jenny. Like, And to me, I didn't super blame him. But the whole lying about it and really, really lying about it. It like downplaying what the relationship was, downplaying yes. the fact that they had sex, and letting Evelyn believe this as they're planning a wedding that he wants. 
You know, all of that just seems so ridiculous to me. But then it's just like, oh, my gosh, you now we find out about this like DUI incident, which I feel really awful for Evelyn. That must have been so terrifying Mm -hmm. because you just you never know what's going to happen in a situation like that, you know. Right, right. And it's just, yeah, to have and I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm not, you know, going to go out and say like, oh, Evelyn behaved in exactly upright ways and did exactly what she should have done in all this relationship and Corey did all the wrong. Like the way she kicked him out and then was janking him back and kicking him out and yanking him back was 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 not great either. Right. And Mm -hmm. but it's like. But you're right. They needed to be upfront and honest about what was going on. Why did he feel the way he did? Because, I mean, he probably had plenty of legitimate reasons to be like, yeah, you kicked me out. And then as soon as you got into any kind of trouble, you just want to be back then. And I was going to help you out. And like, it just, I just felt like I was being used and I didn't want to do that. Like he could have said things that could have actually started a conversation that could have began a path toward healing instead of just being like, no, you're always the one. I should have come back. So That's to me, it. like the way I kind of see that whole situation is, um, you know, he should have been there for her, regardless if that meant anything about them getting back together again. I mean, there are just sure. some things that you go through in life that it's like, you know, and there's just some people that I don't know, maybe I have higher standards for them, but it's just like there's like you like what she was saying you're married right and that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that you're gonna have the best relationship always but it means that at some point in time you loved and cared about this person that when they're going through something the least you could do is to be there for them emotionally yeah i mean you're you're not wrong if my ex called me up and was like hey I've yeah been in a car i know accident, you'd be there and i need I'd, I'd be there in a second yeah i'd be there in a second i know you're there when she needs you to clear out her backyard of trees i mean like <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know like i i know absolutely 100 percent you would be there for her emotionally even though you're not together and i mean and i don't think that means anything and it wouldn't be an attempt to get back together it's just clearly right, this is exactly. an important person in my life yeah right yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't mean that you're trying to get back together again with her or her to you necessarily. You know, right. like to right. me, I don't necessarily see Evelyn reaching out to him after this traumatic event as being like, here's your chance to get me back. You know, I don't necessarily see it like that. Maybe she was open to it because she was in a vulnerable place. But I mean, sure. he should have been there for her anyway. No, that's not wrong. But then he would have had to tell Jenny about her because I don't think Jenny Jenny didn't know about Evelyn, did she? So mm-hmm. he's lying on both ends. God, idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. Bad dude. All right. So other bad people. <laughs> they, uh, this one was just I. I couldn't be on anybody's team on this one, and that's Jenny and Submit. This um, was just. It was kind of funny to me. I don't know. It was. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It was very funny. But they were all terrible. Like, but, they, you know, that could be funny. Yeah. So Jenny is still struggling with Samit's mom and this trial run of them moving in. They're going to um, – so now the kitchen – so now that the kitchen is sufficiently clean, it's time to assess her cooking skills. Samit is happy that they're – you know, her and um, Sadna are doing the same kind of thing they did back before they realized there was a relationship and they were kind of friendly with each other. And even better, since they can't speak each other's languages, they won't be able to understand all the insults they'll be hurling at each other. So Jenny tries to explain she's not a good cook. She fails to knead flour. 
And Sadna is calling her useless and dumb. But the tone is nice. <laughs> she just says it with like, oh, you're useless and dumb. Like, and Jenny's like, this is going great. Uh, and then says, you know, even as she's like burning herself on the pressure cooker scene. <laughs> so anyway, the meal gets cooked and it's time for the service. Jenny thinks that maybe uh, this move-in thing might be able to work. That cooking went really well. Everybody seemed happy and was smiling, even though they were saying bad things to her. And so, uh, so anyway, maybe this isn't an honest effort to push her out. But anyway, Sadna says that this is Samit's favorite meal, but doubts that Jenny will ever be able to make it in the future since she doesn't have seem to have any interest in cooking or like responsibility or anything at all. And this is the point where Jenny kind of realizes that maybe she was – Maybe she was probably talking trash about me that whole time in front of <laughs> So we talk about it's not how it's not just cooking she's going to have to do. It's, you know, the washing and more importantly, the social responsibilities that she doesn't even seem to have a first clue about. Like how when guests come over, you're supposed to have tea and water for them, which they never do. And that people are going to make fun of her for that and also make fun of her age. They're very, very insistent that – um. People are just going to come into her house and be like, hey, grandma, why are you with your grandson? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and now, of course, grandma was a familiar word for her. So uh, she's not going to be up to random people coming into her house and saying that because as soon as she hears the word grandma, she snaps and uh, it, <laughs> it's like, I'm not old enough to be his grandmother. I'm just old enough <laughs> to be his mother. Anyway, her hopes are completely dashed after Sadna makes her clean napkins off the it makes her clean up her napkins off the table because she like wiped her nose and put it on the table. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You have to put those in the dustbin. You can't put those on the table. You're gross. Get up and throw that away. <laughs> so at this point, she really just wants these people out of here. So eventually she comes back to some awkward silence and she doesn't buy their excuses of um, saying this is what society would say as much as she thinks they were just using what society would say as an excuse to say what they wanted to say. But Sadna uh, says that's her big concern is how is she going to fit into society here? And uh, and if she's over and if there's somebody over and they're like losing their shit and everything, what what is she going to do? How is that going to be? So they kind of go back and forth on this topic of conversation for like a while. And then they you know move on to talking more about how she needs to be a passable daughter-in-law, which is going to help the whole people calling you grandma and making fun of you. So – Anil is kind of confused what they're even doing this all for because Jenny doesn't seem – and she even says something about like not wanting to be a perfect Indian daughter-in-law. And he's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. But then Samit drops his big bomb and says that that's kind of his life goal and his dream is for all of the four of them to live in the same house. Oh, of course, this news – this news – this dream is very much news to Jenny. She tells her straight up. That because of India's strict cultural rules that the way they're living now where, you know, they're living on their own and their parents are in their own place and whatever, that can't be a permanent solution. And they're eventually going to have to live with with um, Sadna and Anil, which Jenny is very certain she doesn't want to do. So they kind of are still here and they're going to keep going with this trial run. So later Jenny goes to talk to Samit and he's – well, actually, they the parents go to bed first and so you know, trying to keep things just – at a low boil. So but after he leaves, they talk about Jenny, who they think is a very angry and aggressive person. <laughs> so Sadna thinks if Jenny can't handle her anger, she won't make it very far here. But back in the kitchen, Jenny is still pretty angry, especially at Samit for saying that he wants everyone to live together. So she goes to talk about to him about it. 
He says that it was really during lockdown that he developed this dream, which is, you know, a pretty much the standard um, our living arrangement in India. So Jenny is confused because she always thought he wanted to get away from his parents and wonders what's wrong with their lives now. But he, literally after she says that, he was like, okay, well, let me just say the thing I already said. <laughs> says that. So he tells him that, yeah, like we might end up having a better relationship, but, you know, it, there's no way that we're all going to be able to live together because we just don't get along. And he was like, that's why it's a dream. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. So, oh, my God. It, is Jenny just going to just make it a point to like exactly um, just illustrate every single point that his parents are making every time? Because oh, that seemed okay. like that was her goal this time. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, first of all. I thought she was very well aware that her them all living together was going to be, I don't know, culturally or like in their future in Samit's mind, because that was the whole thing. He's the oldest. He's supposed to take care of the parents. Right. How are you going to do that from afar? So it makes most sense if they all live together. So I don't know why this is like coming as a shock to her. I think it's hilarious that you know Sinda sees her as like angry because i wouldn't necessarily say jenny is coming off angry she's coming off very emotional and a little yes. unbalanced but not angry like she doesn't seem aggressive or anything like that but does it look like she's gonna cry at any moment yeah definitely well, does wait, it does look she, like everything she... is upsetting her yes yeah, she yells and storms out of the room and like things like that. But it's like, oh, well, yeah. ever, like it's just the way she kind of snaps and gets like defensive is, is I guess to them so, coming because, across as angry. Right. Because I was going to say, if you're uh, Sunna, you would have just like said that with a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, at that point, at that point, Summit was translating what she was saying. So like, that got a little tougher. Yeah. And, you know, to Jenny, her saying that, you know, she thinks that Samit's mom is just doing this to drive her out. I don't know if she is. I would almost venture a guess and say that she would be this hard on anyone. I mean, I think like just mother-in-laws or, you know, have kind of a reputation for just being critical, you know, and and I don't think that's all that different from what's happening right now. It seems like and, – and, and the way they kind of did it with the cultural and with the way Jenny talked to her friend last mm-hmm. week who was like, oh, yeah, my mother-in-law lived with me for like five months. That's like what things go. But yeah. it seems like those five months are supposed to be them being like really hard on them. Yeah. Like it's boot camp. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just that that's where it, that's where the difference is, is I think, you know, other places when you're that hard, if they say don't put your thing – they go, oh, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll go do that right now and I'll clean up this kitchen yeah. and like – And Jenny oh, yeah, doesn't – Yeah. And Jenny doesn't Jenny do doesn't that. Jenny doesn't respond that way, which is like why I think they're butting heads as much as they are, you know. Right. And I And I don't necessarily, necessarily think it's specific to Jenny. I do think those kind of uncomfortable uh, conversations about, you know, what will they do in society, that stuff is specific to Jenny. And I don't think that they – it's not that I don't think they don't have a point. I do think that Jenny has to see how society sees this. And it's not even specific to India. I think there is still – 
you know, their relationship would probably turn heads. And I mean, not to say that they would be shunned or anything like that, but, you know, people might talk about it. And, you know, like I said, it might catch someone's eye here in America. So, I mean, she has to just grow a thicker skin. If this is what she wants, she has to accept that not everyone is going to be super accepting of their relationship. And, you know, that's their problem. Like, get over it. Yeah, but she's also used to America where it's very much something that if you have an issue or you have a problem with that, you know, we're – we're I, I think we we come across or we have a, you know, reputation as being someone who we will smile and be like, okay, thanks for dinner. That was great. Oh, amazing. And then mm-hmm. leave and be like, oh my god, could you believe he's with that old hag? That's crazy talk, yeah. right? And like – but we would never call her an old hag to her oh, face. Oh, no. Absolutely right? not. Sure. That's not how America works. And I feel yeah. like she's trying to warn her like, no, in India, if someone thinks you're an old hag in your house, they're going to call you an old hag. Yeah. And say like, and they're going to say it directly, just like I'm saying it directly to you now, right? And right, so, right. And so she's like, and that's and again, and she was just trying to say like, and you're going to have to deal with that. Like, how are yeah. you going to deal with it? It can't be by, you know, getting a high pitched voice and and walking <laughs> off and yeah, yeah, like and and saying things that nobody even even the people who speak English don't understand what you're saying anymore. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I, just I think, think you're right. I think at the end of the day, I think Anil, the dad, is probably the one mm-hmm. who realizes the most where it's like the same thing. Where it's like, well, he's our oldest son and somebody's going to take us in. It's going to be him. We got to like figure something out here. We got to right. make this work somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think she just needs to grow a thicker skin altogether, right? She well, just she can't be this emotional. I mean, and I'm not to say because, you know, how can you control what's going to upset you? You know, but she just can't be this outwardly emotional about it. And well, I mean, that's if the she thing could about possibly... like your yeah, emotional management doesn't mean you don't have the emotions. It just right. means you don't like express them the same way. You don't like yeah, let it get I in mean, the way. In of an ideal world, if she could just let it go, she would be much happier. I'm sure she would be. And I don't, I don't, I guess I don't, I guess I don't quite understand why she can't like why she can't just be like whatever. They're an asshole. Like they're gonna say well, shit like that. Like, okay. Well, on. I can kind of see. Because to this point, what other people have thought is what is keeping them apart. So I get mm-hmm. that. But I, I do think they are making progress towards getting the parents' acceptance, right? So sure. I think this is the next step, right, is them kind of warning her about society views. And so at this point, it's just kind of like, all right, well, you've cleared your biggest hurdle of, you know, not or being kept apart. So if you're not right. being kept apart anymore, all that other stuff, you you kind of have to just let it go because there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Um, so we did not hear from Victor and Ellie this week. So of who was left, who was your student of the week? Uh, I went with Kenny. And I know we can always go with one of the two of them. <laughs> know, but right? um, I just – I like appreciated that he felt – a certain way and then like you know found an appropriate time and place to like just express it and not like hold it back or you know um and do that and just you know let everybody know like what's going on and how it's how it's going um which is way more than we can say for most of these people (laughs) i know they have communication skills for sure all right my student of the week i said was evelyn um she went to therapy i mean she's she's the one who suggested therapy um, mm-hmm. it seems like 
Yeah, maybe her goal isn't the same as Corey at the beginning, but I think just like, you know, with Samit's parents, just by going to therapy, it shows that you're open. Maybe if you're right. still stubborn about it, I mean, because it did, it seemed like she was still stubborn about getting a divorce, but it was evident that she was open by going to therapy and just her change in demeanor once Corey kind of officially came clean. Mm-hmm. And then having to yeah. deal with an idiot like Corey, I mean. And so then, yeah, so my class dunce was was Corey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, like, just, I don't know, just for being, just his general awkwardness and his, like, trying too much and putting so much effort into, like, the wrong thing, mm-hmm. right? Because he was going to, like, well, I don't really feel like I want to come clean. So I'm going to put together this awesome dinner, which I'm going to half-ass. And burn the burgers and like not not light the candles till she gets here and like, you know, dress up Keep for her because you got to dress bottles. up nice for your love. Just as like <laughs> in the bottles. It was just like in the candles sticking out of the wine bottles. That's what that's what yeah. he uses candle holders was wine bottles. Well, he had Heineken. Uh-huh. So, I mean. Oh, they were Heinekens. They weren't yeah. even wine bottles. Okay. No, they were oh not. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw a green bottle. I was like, well, they're wine bottles. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> it, it, it's just – and that's what the thing is. Like he just seems to completely miss – it was never the issue that it didn't seem like he was thoughtful or like, you know, that's not what was missing from a relationship was him buying mm-hmm. her flowers or making her dinner, right? right and so right. to try to win her back with that kind of shows that he's missing the point. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, So my dunce actually might be a controversial pick this week. Um, I actually went with Binyam. So okay. my whole issue with him was his whole like, okay, I'm just going to like peace out of this conversation. And you knew that was going to set her off. And I'm not saying that Ari is easy to deal with or that even that she was worthy of something like student of the week. But at the same time, I feel like we know what we're getting with Ari, right? Binyam, it's like, how are you going to behave like this in a way that is going to make your situation so much worse? So, sure. Yeah. So actually, that 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 bridges into my life lesson because my life lesson was don't communicate by access to your phone. Don't communicate, you know, through <laughs> – don't fight and use as a weapon in your fight whether or not you're talking to someone currently or whether you're yeah. going to answer them, right? If you have a way you feel and you want to express that, then you need to actually express it. And right. you need to put use it out there, words. not just like use your words and not just mm-hmm. be like, well, I felt a way so I didn't answer my phone. And now that I did answer my phone, I don't feel that way anymore. So I don't have to explain how I felt or why I didn't answer my phone. And it wasn't off. It was actually in airplane mode, which is clearly different. And <laughs> it doesn't matter. And so like it, it – if you wanted to communicate something, he – wasn't communicating it like he was communicating no. you know she was sending one message and she was getting whatever message she wanted to receive it wasn't clear communication you actually have to use your words right okay so speaking of words that ties into my life lesson who this is actually was more geared towards our steven um words oh, without actions speaks to no one no Pretty one much it lying. doesn't no one like what are you doing for anyone like no. nothing for anyone and and he's gonna run to that now probably but he's going to run into that in, in you know his job and in life and at some point you realize that like people don't realize what people don't care what you said to them they care what you did like right it to me it's just like this guy is almost like a pathological liar because he's even said you know like oh i i'm a dreamer i like to say things you know and it's just me 
you know, having aspirations and dreaming. It's like words, words without actions. Like, what are you doing? Speaks to no one. I just want to speak it into existence. And yeah, get out of here with the secret, Stephen. Jeez. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we will be back next week. Um, I feel like we're going to be wrapping up before December, I want to say, because they're starting I a new season so. of something yeah. in December, right? Yeah. So we have another month to go with this group. And it just kind of seems like same same stuff is going on, except for who knows, Ari and Binyam are going to have a different storyline. And they're due in another episode or two. Right. Well, I mean, from based on the preview, at some point, Ari's going to have this unexplained um, lip injection or nose, whatever she had. She has unexplained work that she, surgery that she got that we oh, didn't gosh. hear about. Nah, okay. Here, but I think I think they're just going to do that. Her face is just going to change, and they're going to pretend like nothing happened. Like her oh. face looks totally different now. Oh goodness, I'm I'm living for this Jenny and Summit. Like I know I was kind of like yeah about it at the beginning of the season, but it's like this this was hilarious. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny yeah, just to watch mom. just to watch his mom like come in and just nitpick at her like. You're an idiot, aren't you? You're just dumb. You're never going to learn anything. You can't even sweep oh, up the floor. That's great. Yeah, because it's just like she goes on and on about how, you know, like, uh, you know, she's like, I've been cooking and cleaning. And it's like, I clean, I clean. It's like, eh, I saw your kitchen. I don't I know. I saw your that. kitchen. I see that. I see that the, the rings on this coffee table here. Are you sure you're cleaning? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. So I do the I'm laundry. Here for it. <laughs> all right. So we will be back with all of that next week. Yep. All right. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.